Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am so grateful you are here today. So I want to start out by asking you a few questions. Do you feel like every day you have way too much to do on your to-do list? There are just not enough hours to get everything done. All right, raise your hand. I don't care if you're at the gym, if you're walking the dog, if you're driving in the car, raise your hand. Yes, I'm raising my hand too. Okay, next question. Do you ever feel like you get to the end of your day, you've checked everything off of your to-do list, the kids are in bed, everything's taken care of, housework is done, and there was not one moment that you had for yourself. Not one moment that you had for yourself during the day. In fact, maybe you even skipped breakfast and lunch. And the only reason why you ate dinner was because you had some of the kids' chicken nuggets. All right, last question. Do you ever just get so overwhelmed by all the things that have to get done and all the projects you have on your plate that you just head into the kitchen at some point? It could be during the day, but usually at night and just eat some ice cream and sit on the couch and watch Netflix or scroll through social media for hours, even though you know you have so much to get done. So if you answered yes to any of these questions, then this next episode is absolutely for you. But before we dive in, I have a quick announcement. We are starting another cohort of the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. It starts Monday, February 28th, and we already have several people enrolled, and we would love to have you consider joining this cohort. It's such a great time of year to be investing in yourself, thinking about what you want this year to be for yourself, or maybe you're trying to figure out and design what's next for you. Maybe your goal is to get a promotion this year. Or maybe your goal is to completely jump out of corporate and start your own business and do something that has been burning inside of you for a long time. You're just not quite sure how to get there. If any of this sounds like you, then the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab is absolutely the right place. And I spoke in the last two episodes about building habits and then staying consistent. And this is the time to schedule yourself in and make your professional development a habit for yourself. It is an investment in yourself and you are absolutely worth it. So February 28th, don't forget to sign up. You can go to womenleadingpowerfully.com or you can reach out to me directly. Either way, just set up a call. If you want more information, I'm happy to have the conversation. So let's dive into today's episode. I am thrilled to have as my guest today, Kim Miller-Hershon. She is the queen of productivity. She's also a coach like myself. And so we have a lot in common and we have a lot of shared beliefs and values um, that we talk about in the podcast. And the thing I love about Kim is she has a unique take on productivity and time management. And what she shares is so important because not only is it going to help you get more done? And she's going to give you tips on how to do that. She's going to help you make sure that the right things are on your list. Because that's really what it's all about. Do we Are we even doing the right things? And 
she goes about time management in a different way because it really is a mindset issue. And there is a big opportunity for us to change our mindset about what we need to be doing and what we should be doing and what we want to be doing and what's important. So I invite you to think about that and invite you to question yourself as you listen to the podcast. What can you take off of your to-do list? And what is on your to-do list because it quote unquote should be on your to-do list? And what made it get on your to-do list? Where might you have some opportunity to build boundaries and to say no, which we will cover in future podcast episodes, I promise you. But I want you to think about that. What is on your list? Not only how you get everything done, but what is on your list? And what is the North Star that's driving you to make sure that the right things are on your list? After the interview and after I hit pause on the interview, Kim and I had a follow-up conversation and I actually wish I would have just hit record because that was the gist of our conversation afterwards was it's so important that we all have a North Star. It's so important that we're in alignment with our values of what's really important to us and what we're prioritizing in our life. So I invite you to think about how do you need to rearrange your time to be really present each day And what support might you need to help you get all of this stuff done? As women, we're typically so bad about asking for support. And I want you to change that. Kim talks about owning your choices and owning your schedule. So how are you going to implement that this week? I would love to hear from you. If you have any comments or feedback or you have any topics you want me to discuss, please send me an email. I would love, love to hear from you. So on that note, let's dive into my conversation with Kim Miller-Hershon. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. I am so excited you're here today. I can't wait for this conversation because I feel like not only do my listeners maybe need this conversation, but I probably need it as well. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, I'm super excited that that I have this opportunity and yeah, let's let's do this. All right. Sounds good. So I would love for you just to share a little bit about yourself and your career history, and then we'll dive into productivity. All right. Well, I got into productivity because I needed it. I am somebody who is like chasing rainbows all the time, (laughs) (laughs) all over the place. And when I started my business, my coaching and consulting training business, I was forced to do a lot of things that I 
procrastinated on that I didn't know how to do. And also that I was just starting a business. So I didn't feel like I could just bring in all these people to just pay for all these things. So it was really incumbent upon me to do it myself. So I did what most of us do when we need to learn something new, which is, is that I went out and I went to seminars to learn how to be a business owner and and how to develop business and all these things. And an interesting thing happened. And I bet a lot of you can relate to this, which is that there's somebody up on the podium and they're telling you about their five-step system to make a million dollars, to to be more productive, to get more sales, to whatever it is. And then, of course, they say, well, for today, you can buy this system at this discounted rate. So I'm the one with my credit card. I'm running to the back of the room because <laughs> I want the bonus, right? Because I have to be one of the first five people. Right. And then Monday comes <laughs> and, and you're sitting there going, well, I want the results that that person had. This all looks great, but I can't implement this. This is not this is not something that I can actually do. So what do you do? You find another seminar to go to. <laughs> and right, I'm laughing because I can totally relate. When I first started my business, you know, coming from corporate, and I had no idea how to be a business owner. I knew I wanted to be a coach and I knew I had great skills at being a coach, but I had no clue about running a business. And uh, it was so different. And I did exactly the same thing. Went on, bought all the courses, did all of that. And I, I call it my course graveyard now. <laughs> exactly. And, and then what you notice is that the same people keep showing up at all the seminars. It's so true. <laughs> and really at the end of the day, I ended up focusing on productivity and creating the system that I created because it was what I needed and there was a gap in the marketplace. I love that. I love that. And so so how long have you been focusing in on productivity and tell us a little bit about what you do with your clients? I have focused on productivity since day one of coaching. And I have been a coach and a trainer for almost 12 years. Wow. I know. know. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. I'm surprised too. And what I do is I focus on a couple of different areas because productivity is not just time management, although time management is always a big piece of it. It's also around communication skills. And I just want to say, I am a business coach. So everybody that I am working with either works in a business or they have their own, they own a business. So it's always around, it always starts with business. It it flows into the rest of their lives because you are who you are everywhere. Exactly. And then, so it's time management specifically, 
Then it also really gets into communication skills. I find that no matter what somebody hires me, whether they hire me because they want to move up in their career, they want to grow their business, they want to become a partner. So they may come in and say, listen, I want to learn how to do business development because I want to make partner. Or they may come in and say, I am interrupted all the time, right? Like I'm that player coach. You know, I have work that I have to do and I have all these people I have to supervise. Right. And I'm, I, I, there's never enough time. Or it's somebody who owns their own business who, who wants to grow it. And then, of course, life happens. Exactly. Exactly. So the majority of my, my listeners are women. We, we spoke about this before the podcast. They're busy women who are either business owners or they're in corporate and they are managing so much. You know, you and I do a lot of overlapping work and the women I'm coaching are telling me they are burned out. They are exhausted. They have no time for themselves. They are trying to do everything and they feel like they're not being good at anything. And I know I can relate to this too. I mean, that was, you know, me when I had small kids and I was traveling for work 50 to 75% of the time and trying to manage clients and the housework. And Regina Lark, who we both know, talks about the emotional labor of women and how we have so much on our plates. And then we add in COVID. And we add in this extra layer of, you know, women leaders who are trying to manage teams remotely, trying to learn new skills, trying to manage hybrid work. And then now we're going back to work. Oh, and now Omicron's here. And now we're not going back to work. We're going to stay home again. And so women are tired. They're busy and they're overwhelmed. And so how did we, I mean, a little bit of like, how did we get here? And then let's talk about you know, some steps to help them reduce mm-hmm. the overwhelm. But, you know, how did we get as women so busy and so overwhelmed? Because we're just too darn competent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, really, I think, you know, I joke and yet it's very true. Just because you can do it does not necessarily mean that you should be doing it. Yes. and. I think this 70s message to women, you can have it all, you can do it all, you can be it all, you can be a corporate VP or CEO, you can own your own business and have employees, you can have a family, you can just have everything is, I think, set women up for very unreasonable expectations. So I think that is a lot of how we got here. But it's not just societal. It very much comes from internal, right? We are so high-performing and able to take on so much that we do it without thinking. I couldn't agree with you more. I think what you're talking about and what you kind of started to preface this part of the conversation with was around communication. And I think so much of it is communication and expectations. So would love for you just to share more about how do you help women put tools in their tool belts to be more productive, 
and and to really help them reduce this overwhelm that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So the first piece of advice that I have for everybody is stop shooting on yourself. That's number one. It's so true. Which is who who made that rule? Right? Are you trying to be your mother and a super corporate woman and whatever other role, like, and take care of yourself in addition. So I think that it really goes back. I'm happy to give some specific ideas and tips about how to manage all these different things. I'm just going to say that what I typically do an assessment with my client is that there is no way humanly possible to do all the things that you have on your list to do. So you're starting from, in my opinion, the wrong premise, right? The the premise is not, how do I do all the, how do I be more efficient about doing all the things that I do? I think the first step is, what, what are your priorities? What's important to you? Because if you don't have a North Star, if you don't have a something to gauge your yeses and your noes to, like, should I do this or should I not? Like, should I say yes or should I say no? If you don't know what your priorities are, you have no criteria to gauge whether something should be a yes or should be a no. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, Kim. And I think we end up saying yes to way too many things and we end up getting overwhelmed. And we do this to ourselves because we we want to be liked. We want to be there for everybody. And I love what you said about, are we comparing ourselves to our mothers? I can't tell you how many years I felt so guilty about not having a home-cooked meal on the table every single night because that's what my mom did. And the reality is my mom stayed at home. Her main role was to take care of the kids. She didn't have this whole other corporate job. And I just, my expectations were so out of line right? because I was setting myself up for failure. And, and completely putting these unrealistic expectations on myself. So I completely relate to what you're sharing. And I think so many times we do need to just pause and think about stop shooting all over ourselves, right? And also think about who are we comparing ourselves to, which you said, and prioritizing. Right. Why are we saying yes? What is it that we really want? Right. So that's right. That's just about, there's a whole variety of ways that you can do vision setting, goal setting. And really, I think it's also important. I am for revenue goals and all those things. I also, though, think that it's really important to understand what the activities are and how do you want to feel? What do you want? What do you want your life to look like in terms of your family, your relationship, like all these different things? And then 
what do you, what's most important to you now? What rises up to the top? And that has to be a continual reevaluation because those priorities will change because life is ever changing. Now, I want to, though, I don't want to dodge the question of like a specific tip. So let me give you a very specific way to look at how you spend your time. All right. Here's what I love you to do. Look at your to-do list. No matter how, if you write it on a piece of paper, if you've got a task app, if however it is that you do it, you've got a list of most everybody, even if it's in your head, a list of things to do. Then what I'd like you to do next to that is how much time is it going to take you to do each one of those things? Now, first of all, you got to do a brain dump because you have probably a third of the things that you're actually going to do on that list. It's so true. Right? So brain dump and get everything in there, including how long is it going to take you to answer emails? How long is it going to take you to go to the grocery store? Whatever other errands you have, put those all down on the list just for one day and then add up the time. Yeah. I guarantee you that you have between 24 to 72 hours worth of tasks <laughs> that you think that you're going to get done in an eight to 10 hour workday. So is your, so I completely agree with you. So is your, is your advice here that we should, you know, do all of that and then focus in on those critical tasks that have to be done because you know, what do we do when we look at the list and there's 72 hours of things that we want to get done in 24 hours? <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's, that's the pedal to the metal in terms of priorities. Yep. Right. And the thing is, is that there isn't one answer because then you look at your calendar, you're like, well, I have three meetings today. Right. Yep. In fact, it's interesting. You know, I did this actually probably last week with a client who she was making me nervous because she said, I've been in meetings all day and we were meeting at the end of the day. And she says, I haven't gotten any billable work done. And, and I was like, why are we meeting? <laughs> She's like, I've got it. You know, I've got to do work tonight. Right. So that I can get three to four hours of billable time in. And one of the things that we talked about, and I know that it's after the fact, but if you had these projects that had to get done, they were client specific and they had deadlines, what meetings did you go to today? Just because they're on your calendar or for for you, it might be that you work in corporate and other people have access to your calendar and can put you in meetings even without your consent. How many of those meetings actually were really mission critical that you were in, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like we make an assumption that because we've got these meetings that they're the priority. Right. I, no, I would say so true, right? Sometimes they are, but yeah. sometimes actually they're not. No, it's so true. I, <laughs> I met with a client yesterday and she said she did the most empowering thing ever is she had these reoccurring meetings on her calendar that just carried over from last year. And she said, do you know what I did? I deleted every single recurring meeting from my calendar. 
my whole slate is completely clean because we were trying to figure out when we were going to meet. And she's like, I have a wide open calendar because I literally deleted all of those. And I figured if they were important enough, people will get them back on my schedule. And then I will either say yes to them or no to them. But, you know, I think what I hear you saying is us owning and taking a more active approach instead of a passive approach about other people dictating our schedules. 100%. Right. And again, when we connect that with what our priorities are, then we have a lot of power. The other thing I think I'd like to mention here is that is something that I think is really important to keep in mind, which, which is your mindset around productivity. And the way I like to describe it, I, I'm certainly not the first person who's ever said this first part, which is that time management and time is the great equalizer. There's 24 hours in a day, seven days a week for every person on this earth. When you say things like, there's not enough time in the day, you've now given your power over to something you cannot control. Even saying, I don't have enough time, I feel overwhelmed, gives you the opportunity to change your experience. Listen, you can't always dictate what happens. The world happens, right? COVID happened. Omicron happened. All these things happen. You, though, can control what your experience of those things is. And by taking responsibility for your experience is a huge step to increasing your productivity. And probably your happiness too. (laughs) Yes. No, I completely agree with you. And I think that's so powerful, Kim. And I appreciate you you sharing that. You know, I have a daughter and I've been open about this. I've been a daughter. I have a daughter who has um, ADHD. And so some of the things that work for me don't work for her. And so I'm curious, you know, do the productivity tips that you share, you know, do they work for everyone? Should 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 it be a blanket approach or what are your thoughts on, you know, should everyone do things the same way? Uh-huh. Uh, no. <laughs> no, they should not. I knew the answer. Yeah. I uh, asked that question knowing the yeah. answer. But. Um, and I think that for me is the biggest misunderstanding about productivity that I think is out there in the world. And that is, you look at like David Allen, getting things done, one of the gurus really of time management, even Stephen Covey, yep. getting right seven habits of highly effective people. There's great things in, in, in all of those things. The difference is that what it doesn't consider is you. It's so true. Right. And actually, I would even go so far as to say, now this may seem extreme to you, but I really actually think to some extent, those systems are almost disrespectful to you. And here's the reason. They're famous 
they have all these testimonials about how these things have worked for everybody. And the sub context is if it doesn't work for you, there's something wrong with you. I, I completely agree with you. And I, I mean, I know, like, I didn't necessarily resonate with getting things done. Like, I just, it just, it didn't work for me. Um, and I know things that have worked for me, like I said, haven't worked for my daughter. She needs a completely different type of system. Right. And and I agree with you. I mean, I've specifically watched her where she's worked with ADD experts who have told her to do something or, or suggested she do something a certain way. And then she feels bad if it doesn't work for her because she feels like something's wrong with her. Right. And that's just not the case. She just needs something else. She needs right. a different type of tool. Right. So the first thing, and maybe if you take nothing else away from what I say today in this podcast, here's what I want you to know. You need to trust yourself. That is the most fundamental, foundational piece of this whole thing. You know yourself and you have to make these productivity systems work for who you are, how you do things, and it has to be customized. And so my whole philosophy, listen, we want to take best practices we want to use, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We need to, though, give ourselves permission to do what works for us. The next time that you hear somebody say, the only way that you can call yourself productive is to have a zero impox, <laughs> throw that baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah. That would never work for me. <laughs> right. Unless, like, my mom was somebody who had to have a zero inbox. As a matter of fact, this is hilarious. My mom used to come visit us on the, uh, and take the train, the Amtrak. And so one time she couldn't find her paper ticket. And I'm like, oh, well, mom, you bought the ticket online. I know that they <laughs> emailed you the ticket. And she said, no, I deleted it. And I said, well, just go into your deleted file like it's still there. And she's like, no, I double deleted it. <laughs> See, there is a benefit. There is a benefit for not having a zero inbox. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But, but here's the thing. And I think that's the distinction is that for somebody like my mom, having a zero inbox actually like she couldn't sleep. Right. Like it is actually really important and she can't do anything else until that's done. She should have a zero inbox. You, on the other hand, should, that's what, that's what search and archive is for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so Kim, I love everything you're sharing. It's so important to really trust ourselves. We know ourselves. And for those of my listeners who are sitting there saying, okay, yes, I trust myself. I know I, I know what I need to be doing. I have my list and I have two questions for you. One is, what do I do when I just procrastinate and I'm on social media 
or watching Netflix. And now all of a sudden my list didn't get done. So that's my first question. And the second question is, is also what happens when I'm not scheduling myself into my list? Because I'm getting everything done for everybody else, but I'm not scheduling in my exercise time, time for maybe meal prep, because I'm trying to eat healthier. It's the beginning of the year. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on those two questions. Okay. The first thing I would encourage you to do is to look at what it was that you procrastinated on. And my my first guess would be that it's a task that you actually haven't broken down. People very frequently put on their list, I need to do my taxes. Right. I need right. to do that project. Well, that's probably a hundred tasks, not one. So if it feels fuzzy to you, that's the first thing to look at. The second thing to look at is, do you have a deadline? Because often we procrastinate on things that we don't have a deadline for. The second thing is, or the third thing is, how can, how important is this project? How is important is it for what it is that you said you were going to do? Because you need to look at your intrinsic motivation to get it done. And then instead of stop procrastinating, listen, we don't do things that don't serve us. So the procrastination serves you in some way. So my question would be, how does it serve you? And let's dig into how are you sabotaging yourself? Right, right. Right. But, you know, that's like, right, that's like the deep work. That's why they need you or I, right, to do, I think, that work. But the other thing is to just to sort of bring it up a level of like, what could you do? You're listening to this podcast, like, you know, you're procrastinating. The biggest thing that I would look at is, do you have a discrete, specific task to do? And here's actually another. So here's another great tip, which is sometimes what happens is we waste a ton of time because we get interrupted or we just, you know, all of us have to do a lot of task switching. It doesn't matter what you do. Right. right? And, and it's interesting, right? Because how we get interrupted is actually changed now that a lot of us us are working at home. But be that as it may, there's a lot of interruptions. What I suggest that you do is that when you stop whatever it is that you're doing, because it's really fresh in your mind, you write yourself a quick little note about what is the next thing that I need to do? What's the next step? So that you're not losing that 10, 15 minutes of trying to figure out where you were, right? right? And talk about procrastination that like having a fuzzy head, right? You know, and then again, if you're really like, no, I'm really clear about what I need to do. I just don't need to do it. 
that's like a whole nother. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's a whole other thing. Um, but you know what? I would say, you know, again, sort of, you know, unconventional advice. I don't think it's worth the time and the effort to try to stop procrastinating. I think it serves you in some way. How do you use it to motivate you to get something done? Yeah. Um, in a healthier way. No, I, I, I love that. I love that because that goes back to the comment you made way earlier in the podcast about not shitting all over ourselves of like, hey, instead of feeling bad about yourself for procrastinating, figure out why you're doing that and just own it. Just own it. You know what? Hey, I took two hours or three hours on social media today. And that's what I chose to do. Because I also think that as women, especially high achieving women, we're just taskmasters. And sometimes we just need a break. Right. But we won't give ourselves that break. We're working until the wee hours of the night. And so sometimes what we feel might be procrastination might just be reframed as a break. (laughs) Right. And just, and also to having very unrealistic expectations about what you, what you can or should um, get done in a day. Exactly. Right. You know, in terms of getting, again, sort of the self-care things in, I really believe that less is more. If you really are overwhelmed and you've got a thousand things going on, can you, can you, you know, I have, this is my new, my new Apple watch, right? Can, you know, it's set to just, I do like one minute of breathing, right? Right. Can you just do one minute of breathing at a certain time every day? Right. Right. That in other words, I think what does taking care of yourself really look like? And then you have to be specific. If it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. So, you know, and also too, I find again that saying, for instance, that putting exercise in your calendar for 5 a.m. and not having any idea of what that exercise is going to be or not really being motivated to really do it. Here's, here's an idea. Okay. You want to get up and let's say you want to exercise and you continually say that you're going to do it and you don't do it. Here's a way to get yourself to do it. And I actually, I will tell you that I actually did. I I have done this. So I know that it actually works. So put your clothes, whatever you're going to wear to work out um, on your nightstand. Okay. And then give yourself a reward for doing the activity. So the, the thing is, is that you literally can't even go to like when you get out of bed you can't even go to the bathroom could you say that again (laughs) (laughs) i love that we're keeping that in because i love that your apple your (laughs) apple watch is talking to you (laughs) it is just randomly that's what happens when you when you talk with your hands so so what you do is you don't even let yourself go to the bathroom without putting those clothes on yeah right so you get up you put the clothes on and for me like I like to get up and I like to have a cup of coffee. That's just like, that's the way I like to start my day. 
So for a long time, my reward for working out was my coffee. Mm, gotcha. Yep. I love right? that. I love that. Yeah. And I spoke about that. I just did a podcast series with two episodes around building habits and staying motivated. And the example that you give is so perfectly related to what I just spoke about in those two podcast oh, episodes yay! around um, creating rituals and creating rituals. And then also um, James Clear talks about like habit stacking. So stacking, you know, you had your coffee, you had your coffee every morning, that was a habit and a ritual that you had. And then you stacked your clothes on top of that. And I love the reward. So the reward becomes what you were already doing and what brought you comfort. And so I absolutely love that. And I also think we need to give ourselves grace. We need to give ourselves grace of, you know, maybe our goal is to do that five days a week. And if we get three days a week in, we're still doing really good. Mm -hmm. And I just spoke about this as well of around, especially this year, you know, this is the third year we're going into COVID. You know, we all have so much on us, especially those moms that have young kids that are trying to homeschool and be teachers and full-time, you know, workers and, and leaders and all of that. And I just think if you're getting a little bit of this in, you're doing good. <laughs> you're doing okay. Right. Well, again, I think it, I would agree with you a hundred percent. And I also think there is something here around being realistic. So for instance, when I do visioning or vision boarding exercises with groups or, or individual coaching clients, you know, one of the things that we talk about is like even a vision should only be five, three to five steps away from where you currently are. So here's the thing. If you are not doing any regular exercise, All right. what would make you think that you're going to start exercising five days a week? Right. That's just setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. So I would say you have to keep it simple and keep it realistic, right? And also to, again, make sure that you you do not set yourself up in that should. And here's here's a scenario that I'm imagining, right? My kids are grown, but um, I have three kids and I, I could imagine myself doing this when my kids were younger. Well, I need some time for myself. So my husband should be able to handle the breakfast or the waking them up or whatever it is that I need him to do to get, uh, you know, my me time in. Now, what I would encourage your listeners to do is think about what currently happens. Is that a reasonable thing to ask your partner to do? Yes. And if it's not, don't set yourself up. <laughs> right. Then find a way to find the me time that allows you to ask something reasonable of the people in your life that they are likely to be able to do and do that. Don't set your partner up for asking for something that they are not likely, that you are not likely to get a yes 
Yeah. And so Kim, so I want to, I want to stay on this for a minute because I agree with you and I agree with you and I think what I, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience and I also know some women who probably feel the same way. I think there is, don't set ourselves up for unrealistic expectations with our partners. Agree. And I also think that we need to really put a moment and like pause for a moment and think about, is it really our unrealistic expectations of what they can do? Or are they just not doing it the way we want them to do it? Okay. Because I think that's what sets us up for failure because we're like, well, he can't do it exactly the way I want it done. So I'm just going to do it. And I think so much of that is just reframing and reevaluating. We can ask someone to do something and you know what? They can get it done. It might not be exactly the way we get it done. And this talks about, you know, I'm talking about delegation at work too. But you know what? They may actually do it better. You know, he may feed them pancakes and whipped cream in the morning for breakfast. Who cares? Let it go. The kids are fed. They got some nourishment in them. You know, and I think so often we set ourselves up for failure because we just won't let go. I agree 100%, right? And again, we get back to what we talked about before, which is what is the priority? Is the priority having everything the way that you want it done? Or was the priority actually you getting some me time? Exactly. And I think that's right. where as women, we really need to, we really need to take a hard look at ourselves because I think most of the time, we would rather have it done the way we want it done and we sacrifice ourselves. Right. And I think that, be- yeah. And I think that just becomes the mindset shift, right? Right. In addition to the fact that uh, there needs to be clear communication around the expectations, around what do you need? What do I need? And the other thing is too, is that also we tend to set ourselves up because we don't have the conversation beforehand. The conversation is a logistical conversation, exactly. right? Right. And then it's not done the way that we want it done. And then we have some, we have some things to say about that. Right. And, and, and some, some, we feel some feels about that. So I agree with you. Again, we get back to what is the priority and, and really, and then I think the other thing that we, we have is the pause. Right? No, I completely agree with you, Kim. I completely agree with you. And so I think you have shared so much wisdom on this podcast episode. I'm so, so grateful. I always ask um, my guests, any last words of wisdom that you have for my audience that you would like them to walk away with? I think what I would like you to walk away with is Again, I said it before, but it's it's worth re-saying, which is trust yourself. You have to pause. So you have to know what you want. And maybe one last thing that I would say, one piece of wisdom. I know this is about time management and productivity. I, though, think it's one of the things that's probably the hardest for most of us to do, which is to sit through your feelings. Okay. And I know that that I just took a total left turn there, (laughs) but if, you know, if it's one last thing, it's, do you know 
that if you actually sat through the emotion, right? Not, not your head and not all your thoughts, but just the feeling, the emotion. Do you know that that wave goes through in 90 seconds or less? Just don't sit and, 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 and write it through. And then our heads take over and we do a variety of different things in our head. And if you were to trust yourself and you were to create systems that work, listen, we didn't even get into this. Maybe we'll talk about this some other time, but about creating systems that work for you, right? Customizing the systems. And then if, if you, if, if they listen to your two podcasts around habits, right? And create the habits that create the execution. And it's that check-in, that constant, like feel the feels, sit there, ride that wave, reevaluate, like stay present, stay in tune with how you're doing and then make the adjustments. You know, I like, there's lots of things with, that I can give like very specific tips about how to do this. And, you know, if somebody's interested, you know, I'll give them a half an hour. They can tell me what, what's going on. And I'm happy to just brainstorm with you, like given who you are, what are some ideas? I mean, I can spit those out all day. I'm just going to tell you, take baby steps and execute, execute, execute. Kim, I love your advice. I'm so grateful. And yes, and thank you for being generous with my listeners. So I'll have your contact information in the show notes. They can access you. Um, I'm grateful for the 30-minute productivity call that you've offered. And I invite anyone that's listening, if you want those specific tips from Kim, you know, take her up on it. Kim, I just adore you. I'm so grateful that you were here today and sharing your wisdom with everyone. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I love, I love this collaborating with you as well. I love it too. And I'm so, I'm so grateful. Um, This was such a great, it it was such a great follow-up to those two podcast episodes around exactly what you just said around executing. So it's how do you get the mindset right? How do you build the habits? And this was just a great segue into how do you execute and how do you really bring it to life? So thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. And maybe I'll have you back on where we can talk about more systems and and specific habits. I'd love to have you back anytime you want to come. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Take care. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Oh, 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 oh,